If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to On Deck. I know it's been two weeks since the last episode. I was sick. I apologize. But we are now back. Um, usually I record this show live on my YouTube channel, somewhere between two and 400 people show up and we have a, an absolute blast not doing that this time. The reason I'm not doing it is for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm still a little sick. And so I'm going to be able to edit out all my coughs and stuff like that. Uh, you can't do that with a live show. Number two, uh, I have a meeting. Oh, like a work meeting that's taking place at the same time that I no normally record. And number three, I don't have a guest today. So uh, I had a guest lined up, but I ended up having to cancel on them because their time and my time just wasn't lining up. And hopefully we'll get Brian on the show at some point in the future. But today, it's just me. Now, usually, usually, I really do like to have a guest on the show. But because it's just me, I expect the show to be a little bit short today. And I hope that you guys are all okay with that. With that being said, let's get started with the next episode of On Deck, which is this PC gaming podcast that we are all here to talk about. And I want to start today with a big thank you to a community member. Uh, you know who you are. They sent me a copy of Project Lazarus. I had to think about the name for it for a second. Um, that's what I've been playing on deck. Now, if you have not played Project Lazarus, let me tell you a little bit about that game, and I'll throw some some gameplay over top of my stupid face here. Um, this is a game where you are, it's very, very similar to vampire survivors, uh, except instead of, you know, being eight bit, it's, it's three or 16, whatever, whatever visual style that vampire survivors is, instead of being that visual style, this is like fully 3d and realized and a little more realistic looking. And you, are driving around in a mech instead. The other big difference between this and Vampire Survivors is that in this, you use the right stick so you can actually aim which direction your mech is facing at any particular time. And that means that there's a little bit more play in the gameplay. And I, that doesn't seem very fair to Vampire Survivors because Vampire Survivors is awesome. And there's... There's a reason it's in the top 10 list. We'll talk about that top 10 list later on in the episode. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. But when you play that game, you only need one thumb to control the left stick and move around. And it's wonderful. But adding in that second stick means that you have a little bit more player agency, which means it's on you if you mess up. So uh, this one's really cool. You've got a bunch of different mechs that you can unlock and you unlock them the same way that you unlock uh, other characters in Vampire Survivors. It's just by playing the game. Uh, some of them, they, they control differently. So like there's one that has like tank treads and you have to drive it using the uh, left and right triggers. So like the left trigger puts you in reverse. The right trigger puts you in drive, I guess, would be the, the I don't know what you would call it for a tank. Um and then you control the direction with left or right on your uh, on your left stick. And then, of course, which <clears throat> excuse me, which uh, direction you're facing with the right stick. 
And the like when I first played using that, I guess, character, I didn't like it. And the reason that I didn't like it was because I felt like I wasn't really in the control that I wanted to have. Like I've never been a, a fan of tank controls. Um, but one of the advantages of that character is you can run over the enemies and you can get a bunch of stuff that way. Of course, as you start to get more and more enemies, you have to be a little bit more careful because running into enemies will do a bunch of damage to you. So keep that in mind. Uh, but there's other, there's other tanks or mechs, I guess that, that don't control that way. And so that's just one option. Uh, as you play, you earn XP by picking up little things that are dropped by the enemies and you can add, use that XP. You level up, you can get a randomized set of uh, upgrades and you pick one of those upgrades and then you level up again another randomized set you can re-roll if you want overall it's really really good and i like it a lot uh, i haven't played it a ton uh, i just got the the gift from our our uh, our awesome viewer uh this morning when i woke up and uh i played it for probably an hour so far this morning but it's a really good game and i am enjoying it if you enjoy vampire survivors maybe check out project uh, Lazarus. I'll make sure that there's a link uh, either in the show notes or in the description down below uh, so that you guys can check that out. And a big thank you to our community member who sent that in. Speaking of community members sending stuff in, and I'm looking over here so I can make sure that I get their name right. Dwayne, I have a big, big thank you to Dwayne. And you guys are going to want to say a big thank you to Dwayne as well. In fact, if you're watching this on YouTube, can we get a thank you for Dwayne in the comments down below? Uh, this is Project Kill Switch. If you don't know what Project Kill Switch is, Project Kill Switch is a uh, a case for your Steam Deck. It's the one that I usually have on my Steam Deck. Although I've been like doing different stuff with the Steam Deck recently, and I have to take the case off a bunch. This is not an issue if you're not a content creator like me. Um, but I just haven't put mine back on. But Dwayne just said, "Hey, Bill." Let me send you another one you can give away to one of the people who are watching. And I just think that that's super, super generous of Dwayne. So real quick, how can you enter the giveaway? I'm going to run this as a special giveaway because it's going to cost me money to ship this thing out. Uh, so I'm going to run this as a special giveaway. It's in our community discord and it's going to be in the supporters channel. So join the discord. If you want to know how to get access to the supporters channel, you can either become a YouTube member or you can join our, our uh, Patreon. That's the place where that giveaway is going to happen. Most giveaways are just open for everybody. This one is just in the supporters channel because it's going to cost me money to ship this thing. And it's it's kind of big, so it's probably going to cost me a bunch of money to ship that out. Now, because shipping is so expensive, this giveaway will be limited to people in the U.S. So if you're not in the U.S., which most of my audience is. But if you're not in the U.S., I'm sorry. This giveaway is not for you because I, I just can't afford to ship it uh, across borders. It's too expensive to ship stuff that way. Speaking of um, Project Killswitch, which is made by Dbrand, this is not sponsored, but Dbrand sent me dark plates for my uh, PS5. So I'm going to take a quick second to thank them for sending those in. And I'll show you like, what was the process of putting them on a lot of our, a lot of the people who are watching this 
also have a PS5 in addition to their Steam Deck or PC. So huge thank you to Dwayne for sending us the uh, Project Kill Switch for one of you lucky people to win. And a big thank you to Dbrand for sending in those dark plates for me to put on my PS5 and make it look infinitely cooler. All right, let's move on to, I think, which is probably the biggest news this week. I know that there was a bunch of stuff that happened last week. I don't want to talk about old news. I want to talk about new stuff. And uh, that is that SteamOS 3.4 has now been put into the um, the preview beta. So just for those of you who are maybe you just got your Steam Deck and you might be unfamiliar with how it works, there's three tiers to SteamOS. There's the stable version, which that's the one most people should be on. There's the beta version, which gets the software a little bit early, but with a little extra jank. And then there's the preview version, which gets the software very early with a lot more jank. Uh, th this is SteamOS 3.4 updated to the preview. So this is the bleeding edge version of SteamOS. There's a lot of really cool stuff in here. They rebased SteamOS on the latest version of Arch Linux. This update pulls in the latest performance, security, and stability fixes for the underlying packages that are the foundation of SteamOS. Most notably, this includes recent changes to KDE Plasma Steam Deck's desktop mode. Full notes on these updates can be found on KDE's website. Here are a few of the highlights. New overview uh, view, overview view, well, that's hard to say, uh, to see all open windows and virtual desktops. Now, as a guy who generally uses a Mac, this is huge. I use this on my Mac all the time. And basically the way it works is I do a middle click on my mouse and every single window that I have open spreads out and I can find the one that I'm looking for, click it, and it brings that one to the front. It's awesome. I love it. The way that this one works is you just drag your mouse up to the top, um, this corner up here, the top left corner. You drag your mouse up to the top left corner and it's going to automatically spread out the windows. I think that that's fantastic. I'm probably not going to use it because I really don't go into desktop mode. And there's a ton of people who adore desktop mode. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't really have a use for it as I really only use the Steam Deck for gaming, but that's a huge change for people who regularly use the Steam Deck as their main PC or as like a desktop client. All right, let's move on. Updates to KRunner, the built-in assistant for searching and running tasks, new touchscreen gestures. I think that's probably going to be a really big deal. Uh, I haven't tested those out, out yet though, um, because again, not a desktop guy. Uh, new themes and wallpapers and updates to widgets. All right. So like I said, I'm not into desktop mode, but I would highly recommend you head on over to gamingonlinux.com. I'm sure that they have this stuff broken down into great detail. I'm not your guy for this. They are your guy or gal for this particular topic for desktop Linux stuff. That's where you want to check it out. See what they have to say. All right, let's move on. Performance profiles, new option to allow screen tearing. Why would you want to have screen tearing? Screen tearing is something that we usually try and avoid, but by getting rid of screen tearing, we often add some input latency. And what happens is basically uh, 
you can turn on this thing to get rid of screen tearing and it gives you less, uh, it ends up giving you more latency. And the trade-off is that you don't have screen tearing anymore. By giving us the option to turn on screen tearing if we want, that means that you'll have some graphical glitches that you won't like. I can't stand it when screen tearing happens. But you're going to have less input latency. I've never been somebody who really notices input latency super well. So because of that, this isn't for me. But for a lot of you people out there who are playing like hyper competitive games and you want to be the absolute best with the lowest possible latency, well, now you have the option to turn off screen, uh, to turn on screen tearing. And uh, that's going to make you have just a little bit less input lag, which I think is fantastic. Uh, let's see. Change the performance HUD level two to a horizontal layout. It fits in the letterbox space for games running in 16 by 9 aspect ratio. This is probably my favorite change to SteamOS 3.4. A lot of times I would turn on OS, um, the I would hit the Steam, uh, the, the quick access menu button. I would turn on the performance overlay on level one, which just shows you your frames per second. But I wanted to know a little bit more information. And if I switched it over to level two, it would cover up the entire corner of the screen where usually a lot of games put UI stuff there. So I wouldn't be able to see stuff. So then I would have to hit the quick access menu button, turn that off so I could see the menu, turn it back on. Uh, and it was just kind of a horrible, I would, okay, that's, that's harsh. I don't want to say it was a horrible experience, but it wasn't the experience that I wanted. This is so much better. It just is the very, very top of the screen. We're almost, there's almost never anything up there. And I'm sure that there's going to be example games that you all have been playing that have stuff up there. And that's that's perfectly fine. This is covering up less of the screen. And I think it's better. And man, I'm way more likely to leave this on, on now for no other reason than it shows me my battery life the whole time that I'm playing, I could just look up towards the top left of the screen and see how much battery life I have left. I think that that's fantastic. This change uh, is absolutely huge and I love it. And I can see myself just leaving it on option level two most of the time now, whereas before I would always shut it off because it was covering up important screen real estate. So huge, huge deal. I love it. All right. Moving on, let's talk about storage. Re-enabled trim for the internal drive as well as supported external source, uh, I'm sorry, storage devices improving write performance. This includes a workaround ensuring that trim operations are safe for SD cards that advertise discard support but do not support it. Steam will periodically trim storage devices as needed. And there's a new button in settings under systems and advanced that will run trim automatically. What essentially this allows you to do is tell your system, hey, look at that, look at my, my disk drive. And if there's something that isn't really needed, go ahead and clear it off, giving me more storage, which I think is fantastic. All right. They added an eject button for removable drives and setting storage. This is not actually going to eject, like physically eject your SD card. It's just so that you can eject it um, digitally, I guess is the word. I mean, it's not a physical eject button. It is just telling the operating system, hey, don't use this for anything so that the person who is using this device can take it out 
without having some kind of weird write error. Does that make sense? Uh, anyway, I think that that's good that they did that. I never take my SD card out of the Steam Deck. In fact, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment in the comment section down below that like button. Do you use multiple SD cards for your Steam Deck or do you just use one? I personally have a terabyte SD card. There's a link in the description down below that uh, you can use if you want to pick up one for yourself. Uh, but I use a terabyte SD card. I put it in my uh, Steam Deck. It hasn't come out since. And it probably will never come out unless I somehow get a bigger SD card. And I don't see that happening anytime soon anyway. Let me know what you guys do. Are you multiple Steam Deck or not Steam Deck, Steam SD card users? Or are you more monogamous with your SD card? All right. Uh, external drives formatted as XT4 are now, are, are now bleh, words are now automatically mounted and available for use in Steam. This is really cool because when JSOX uh, put out their their dock that has uh, an M2 uh, slot in it, they had to write a special script to mount that drive when you docked your Steam Deck. Well, now the operating system is just going to take care of that for you. So it makes me wonder, as somebody who doesn't have that version of the, of the, the, the JSOX dock, it makes me wonder if JSOX is going to have to put out firmware so that their script is not interfering with SteamOS 3.4. I don't know. Let me know if you guys know more about that. All right, let's move on to input. You guys know I love input stuff. Uh, this one confused me. Disabled built-in DualShock 4 and DualSense trackpad mouse emulation when Steam is running. So... The the DualShock 4 and the DualSense, these are the PS4 and PS5 controllers, they have a trackpad in the middle, and it has built-in mouse emulation. Now, I've, I just don't use those. I, those are connected to my PS4 and my PS5, respectively, and I don't connect them to my Steam Deck for any particular reason. Um, I can see why you would, uh, because it has that touchpad, which gives you access to all of the touchpad stuff that you can do on the Steam Deck, uh, but that being said, I don't like the fact that they're X square triangle circle instead of ABXY. I also am not a fan of the fact that, and I don't know what it does when you plug it into a Linux machine, but every every time I plugged my PlayStation controllers into my uh, computer, it took over my sound settings for the microphone, which as a content creator, was incredibly frustrating. So I just don't use them for anything other than my PlayStation. Um, but having built-in mouse simulation means that it was probably interfering with Steam input in some way. So they basically said, look, Steam input is better. We'll just turn off the built-in stuff and use Steam input instead, and it'll be a better experience for you. At least that's what I'm guessing here. All right. Change the timing of virtual key presses to improve game compatibility with on-screen keyboard. Uh, fixes input issues with apps such as Street Fighter V EA app. This, I'm not really understanding what they mean here. Like, what exactly is the game compatibility that they are fixing? And if you guys know, let me know down below. They also fix Steam input action set switching based on cursor visibility in game mode. How does this work? So you can have different layers 
and different layers will automatically turn on based on whether or not the cursor is, is uh, visible on the screen. A good example of this would be like Guild Wars 2. In Guild Wars 2, you can make it so that you're, you're, uh, you have a different action layer when you open up your inventory and suddenly your cursor shows up on the screen because most of the time your cursor is not available on the screen. And so that means you have different sets of abilities depending on what you're doing in the game, which is awesome. I've never, ever been able to get this to work. I've never been able to get this to work. So the fact that they have fixed it so that it's more reliable, that's a huge deal. And I might end up doing a video in the near future about that. All right, moving on to audio. Fixed a case where the default audio device would display echo cancel sync and audio controls would cease to work correctly. This has been something that has been driving us crazy since the Steam Deck came out. Uh, my old co-host on this show, Lloyd, he completely wiped his Steam Deck and reinstalled it from the ground up, trying to fix this problem because he thought it was a problem with him. Well, it's not. It was a problem with the operating system, and apparently it's fixed now. Now, I never wiped my Steam Deck trying to fix that problem, but every once in a while, I would go to like turn the volume up, and it would say Echo Cancel Sync, and the volume would not change, and I could not figure out what I was doing wrong. Well, it turns out it wasn't me. It wasn't you. It wasn't my buddy Lloyd. It was SteamOS. So apparently they've got that fixed, and I have pushed the volume up and down buttons a whole bunch since I've installed SteamOS 3.4 Preview. I have not seen Echo Cancel Sync even once, so I think they've, they've got it nailed. All right. Fixed a case where some applications would output audio to the wrong device. I've never run into that, but I'm glad that they fixed that. Fixed an issue with HDMI slash DisplayPort audio going to sleep after being idle on external displays. This I have seen a lot as somebody who is constantly hooking up my Steam Deck to, say, a capture card and plugging it in and doing something and going away and coming back, and then it's just not working, and then i got to unplug it, plug it back in. Oh, that didn't work. Unplug it. Turn it off. Turn it on. Plug it back in. Unplug it. Plug it in. Turn it on. Like, I would do all of these different things, and then finally it would turn on, and the thing would go to the screen. Very, very frustrating thing to happen. Glad that that is fixed. And then we've got our general fixes. The general fixes, uh, they're just a bunch of fixes. I don't want to talk about each one of those. There is new firmware for the docking station, which will fix an issue where HDMI 2.0 displays are not detected during boot or wake up. Maybe that's an issue that I was running into before. I'm definitely going to have to uh, update my official Steam Deck dock and see if that uh, makes that issue go away. Again, that's the reason that I don't have my um uh my project kill switch case on my steam deck is because i can't use it with the official steam deck dock uh so whenever i've got it hooked up over here i gotta take the case off and whenever i've i'm gonna use that tv over there i can leave the case on because over there i've got my uh ivolar dock all right those are the patch notes for 3.4 which i'm sure as fast as valve releases stuff we're gonna get to see all of this stuff on the stable channel sooner rather than later, which is just crazy how quickly they work. Let me know in the comments down below if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, 
What is your favorite change? What is the thing that you're most excited about? All right, with the update to 3.4 out of the way, let's talk about the most played games from last month. Uh, Valve tweeted this out. They said, happy Halloween. Here's a quick look at the top 10 October releases played on Steam Deck, sorted by daily average user count. And then they also sorted it by, um, let's see, by hours played. And you know what's at the top? of both of these lists, Vampire Survivors. Now, I just got done talking about um, SteamOS 3.4 preview build. If you love Vampire Survivors, do not update to that build. As soon as I updated to that build, Vampire Survivors was throwing a JavaScript error, and I haven't figured out like the fix for it. I'm sure that it'll get patched and fixed eventually. Uh, but just know that if you love playing Vampire Survivors, then maybe don't put don't jump on the preview. And that's what preview is. It's always going to be a little bit janky. But if you want to be on the bleeding edge, if you want to be playing preview and you're looking for that game to replace Vampire Survivors, check out Project Lazarus, which I talked about at the beginning of the show. All right, let's look at the rest of this list. Vampire Survivors, Persona 5 Royale, which I wanted to play. I ended up uh, just, I have a Game Pass, so I already have it on Game Pass. I didn't want to spend the money on a game that I already have access to. I really wanted to play it on Steam Deck though. Um, Microsoft, can we please, can we please get Game Pass on Steam Deck? Pretty please. All right. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, uh, which I have the Uncharted Collection on my PlayStation. Again, I'm not going to buy it again. Uh, Gotham Knights, which I was kind of cold on anyway. I wasn't super excited for that. Potionomics, which I've never heard of, Coral Island, Mountain Blade 2, Bannerlord, Victoria 3, Triangle Strategy, and Signalis. And honestly, um, the, the one in that, in that list that jumps out to me the most is Triangle Strategy. Triangle Strategy is basically Final Fantasy Tactics with um, a uh, Octopath style of visuals and art direction which I adore the art direction of Octopath Traveler, I would probably play incredibly well on the Steam Deck. Uh, so that might be one that I end up picking up. All right, let's move on and look at uh, the same game, or the, the, the games sorted by hours played. Uh, of course, you're going to see a very different list here, but number one, Vampire Survivors again, then Elden Ring, Cyberpunk 2077, which Cyberpunk 2077 had a terrible launch. Terrible and I feel like CD Projekt Red did a good job repairing that game and making it more fun. So uh, definitely check that out if you haven't. Um, it'd be really nice if they would put out a demo for that game. Uh, I really like it now, and it plays really well on the Steam Deck. Uh, then there's Stardew Valley, No Man's Sky, Fallout 4, Hades, which I still haven't picked up. Don't yell at me, people. I know. it's it, And it's even worse. People are always telling me, play Hades. I have it on Game Pass. And I just can't be bothered. Don't tell. Anyway, uh, Persona 5 Royale, The Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim, and then GTA 5. Those are the top 10 by hours played. Not a huge surprise. I mean, you look at Skyrim, you jump into Skyrim, and you are lost for hundreds of hours. That's going to soak up all your time. Same thing with GTA 5. I've heard nothing about nothing but good things about that game. I don't like most Rockstar games. 
I, I don't have a problem with Rockstar. I'm just not a fan of their control scheme, and I don't like the way that their games actually play, although I've heard that they're very good storytellers. I know that GTA V is incredibly popular for a reason, but that one's not for me. Uh, Stardew Valley, you can you can throw your life away playing that game. It's so addictive and really, really fun. Uh, no Man's Sky, I haven't played. Heard great things. Fallout 4, essentially Skyrim after a nuclear war, and absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's some really, really good games on that list, so uh, absolutely check them out. And honestly, I'm surprised uh, about uh, Gotham Knights. Have you guys been playing that on your Steam Deck? Let me know what you think of that game, because everything that I saw about that game kind of made me hesitant, and I didn't want to jump in with both feet and pick it up. All right, let's move on, and I want to talk really quickly about some deals on deck. Uh, every week, I try to find a really, really good deal for you guys. Uh, this one is coming to us from Humble Bundle. Now, real quick, I am a Humble partner, so if you use my link in the description down below, in addition to saving money on a bunch of cool games, you're also going to be directly supporting the channel. I just wanted to let you guys know that. But this is the 11-Bit Studios Complete Collection. Uh, it has a nine-game bundle, including Frostpunk, South of the Circle, Children of Morta, Complete Edition, Moonlighter Complete Edition, This War of Mine Complete Edition, Beat Cop, Tower 57, which I don't know anything about that, Anomaly Series, it looks like that's a collection, and then Spacecom. Now, Anomaly, Spacecom, and Tower 57, I don't really know much about those games. Uh, Beat Cop is really cool. I ended up playing this on the PlayStation like a long time ago, but Beat Cop is this... I'm going to say 16-bit era um, art style where you play a cop on a street and you have to like you walk up and down the street and you talk to the various citizens that you are in charge of protecting and you got to do like cop stuff. And it's 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 actually really an interesting game. Again, it's been maybe four years since I played it. But when I did play it, I really did enjoy it. Uh, and I love the art style. Anytime you got 16-bit stuff, it usually grabs my attention. Speaking of 16-bit stuff, Moonlighter. Uh, this is a really interesting game. It did not grab me personally. But Moonlighter is really cool because it takes the, the mechanic of going into a dungeon coming back and going to the store and selling your stuff at that store to get money so you can buy better equipment so you can go deeper in the dungeon, it takes that that formula and turns it on its head. Instead, you go into the dungeon and then you get a bunch of stuff and you come back up and you run the store and the people of the town that you're that you're working in, they come into the store and you have to like manage prices and stuff. Now the whole pricing management thing didn't land well for me. But this game is very, very well well regarded, and it the the combat mechanics when you go into the dungeon are fantastic, and the art style is gorgeous. So if you're looking for a game, honestly, for me, if you were just getting Moonlighter and Beat Cop, I would say that those games are worth fifteen bucks by themselves. In addition to that, you get This War of Mine, uh, which is a very interesting like story based game that you that 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 I think I've I've played a little bit of but haven't 
haven't really progressed too far in. Then there's Frostpunk, South of the Circle, and Children of Morta. Children of Morta, I've heard really good things about. I have not played it again. Very 16-bit art style. Uh, they say that this is a... They say it's an action RPG with a roguelite approach to character development where you can't where you don't play a single character, but a whole extraordinary family of heroes hack and slash through hordes of enemies in procedurally generated dungeons, caves and lands and lead to family of Bergensons with all their flaws and virtues against the forthcoming corruption. That game sounds good. I might end up picking up this bundle just for that game because I already have some of these other ones, but there's a link in the description down below. If you want to check out uh, these really, really good deals, I thought I would share. All right. The last thing that I want to talk about today, and I told you the guys at the beginning that this is going to be a shorter episode. Uh, but the last thing I want to talk about today, I honestly can't believe that it took this long. I thought that we would start seeing these sooner. Uh, but JSOX is actually evaluating the, uh, I'm sorry, they are releasing a back cover replacement for your Steam Deck. So if you have a Steam Deck, you can buy a transparent rear cover of your Steam Deck, which, hey, as somebody who grew up in the, uh, you know, played a lot of games in the 1990s, transparent electronics were all the rage. Like, I loved transparent electronics because you could see all the little circuitry inside. Well, this one is going to make the back of your Steam Deck transparent so you can see all that stuff inside. I think that that's really cool. Um, they said that they're working on possibly a front cover as well, but that's going to... Uh, the installation process is really complicated, so they don't, they don't actually want to do that until they have a better solution. But man... Uh, if you're interested in replacing the back cover of your Steam Deck with a transparent cover, well, looks like JSOX has you covered. And they're not sponsoring this episode. I just wanted to share it because I know that a lot of people, myself included, do enjoy transparent electronics. Well, everybody, that's it for this episode of On Deck. Uh, big thank you to everyone uh, who uh, has been just super awesome and patient with me. Uh, being sick. And lastly, if you want to get access to the supporters channel on our community discord, where I will be doing the giveaway for project kill switch uh, again, us us users only just because shipping is so expensive. Uh, then you can either become a YouTube member or you can join on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash nerd nest. In addition to uh, access to that channel, when you join on Patreon, you also get access to all of my shows 100% ad free. So there's that as well. All right, everybody, that's it for today's episode of On Deck. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I will see you on the next one. From the Nerd Nest, I'm Bill. Stay rad, everybody.